Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens. Brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Back with you folks for another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Myself, Bob Duco, of course, John Rush out of Denver, Colorado. We don't have Roger Marsh with us this week. We look forward to having him back next week. And Neil Boron... We'll hopefully be joining us pretty soon here. Uh, we're having some technical issues, engineering issues we're working out with Neil. But in the meantime, John, hey, man, it's you and me. How hey, you doing? Good. How are you, sir? I know. It's like the old Hannity and Combs days, although you you got to be Combs. I'm not going <laughs> to forget that. Um, okay. Main thing we're going to be talking about this week is all the latest in the illegal immigration issue uh, and what's happening with this, the controversy surrounding uh, Greg Abbott, Texas governor, busing illegal immigrants to Democrat-run sanctuary cities, and then these Democrats complaining about it as well. Uh, the whole humanitarian crisis, there's a lot of different aspects of what's happening in the whole immigration debate right now. Before we get into that, though, uh, John, I want to talk with you about something I know you've been watching very closely. Wish we had Roger here. We'll talk with Roger about this next week. But something going on in California uh, that is really very scary because it, you, I, I think about censorship in our country. I, I think about how uh, in the age of COVID, for example, and the vaccine questions or whatever, if you tried to tweet uh, – Hey, uh, take uh, hydroxychloroquine. It really worked for COVID. Or right. if you try to tweet, I'm concerned about vaccines and, and whether there are some health and safety issues with them, then we know that would get taken down. That would be, right. get blocked right. in social media, which is certainly wrong to do. But we also know there are thousands, if not millions possibly, but certainly thousands, tens of thousands of medical doctors out there that uh, they also say, hey, look, uh, vaccines, there are some concerns with this, or I have natural, holistic, uh, homeopathic remedies for things. There are differing views on medicine. Uh, is this true that what's happening in California, what Gavin Newsom is on the verge of signing, uh, could actually put uh, duct tape over the mouth of medical doctors, and now your medical doctors would be limited in what they're allowed to say to their own patients? Worse than that, if they say something that the quote-unquote state doesn't agree with, your license is gone, Bob, you lose your job. Oh, it's even worse. Than, it's even worse than censorship because if you if you go against them, that's really what we're talking about. If you go against them, you're going to lose your license. Okay, now when we're talking about going against them, I'm trying to think of of all the areas that this fits. Because let's just talk specifically COVID. So if you got a medical doctor. And he Who, says he doesn't believe that masks will save you, which we've talked about that many, many times on this program. You can right. lose your license. Okay, so he would not be allowed to advise you uh, or give you that particular medical opinion, basically. Nope. nope. In fact, if he's caught saying that, he loses his license or she loses her license. And we do know that liberal Democrats, let's be honest, they send spies into places That's all right. the time. I know that they do. Here That's in Michigan, right. I don't know about Denver, but I know I can tell you here in Michigan, 
Uh, uh, look, my medical doctor, he, he's a, a friend of mine, okay, I know him. And I've talked to other doctors, medical doctors that I know, and they say, look, when it comes to masks, when it comes to things I say or whatever, I know that Gretchen Whitmer, she sends her spies into mm-hmm. doctor's offices to see if we can get caught basically violating the state guidelines, and then we get turned in and I can lose my medical license. Right. So, right. Uh, Similar wow. thing would happen here. And, and it goes to... Not just, you know, the mass, of course, Bob, it would be if you feel like your patient is, is well, if maybe you're just anti this particular vaccine because you know all of the repercussions of, which, by the way, there's many out there. Go look at the mm-hmm. VARS, you know, website itself, which, right. of course, they will never acknowledge either. What's right. interesting in this entire bill, they even cite some of the things that we've talked about on this program. And according to the state of California, we on this program would be in violation of what they want done. Hmm. And then you, uh, when you're interviewing medical doctors, now suddenly those medical doctors have to be careful about That's what right. they say on the air. That's correct. The whole bit. That's correct. I got to tell you, John, this this is really this is scary. scary because right. it, it it honestly is getting to the point where I do not even recognize this country anymore. We yep. we got the 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 my pillow guy Mike Lindell who last night uh, had the FBI agents stop him at a Hardee's and and confiscate his cell phone because this guy dares to be a conservative and a Trump supporter and believe that there was election fraud in the 2020 election and so uh, but but the idea that your medical doctor is not even allowed to share information with you. This won't stop at California. If this passes in California, I'm telling correct. you, this is exactly the kind That's of thing correct. the Democrats would do in the House and Senate. That's exactly right. You are correct. So, and, it, and it does dovetail into what we're going to talk about when regards to immigration as well, by the way, because I think it all fits together. Yeah, it really does. So, all right, uh, next week I know we'll be going into a lot more detail on this. Theoretically, Gavin Newsom will have signed this into law in California. Yeah, on his week. desk currently as we speak. Right, and so we'll uh, we'll certainly have to see what uh, what happens with that, and then I know we will dive into uh, this in a lot more detail certainly next week. Let's talk about the the immigration issue. A lot of different aspects to this. First of all, the controversy surrounding Texas Texas Governor Greg Abbott busing illegal immigrants to Democrat-run sanctuary cities. Well, these Democrat mayors are complaining about it. Uh, Democrat mayors in Washington, D.C., New York City, Chicago, uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who, by the way, she is now rebussing uh, these illegal immigrants from Chicago to the Republican red suburbs as well in this. And uh, so there's a lot of different aspects of this. Also, Kamala Harris just saying Sunday on Meet the Press that the border is secure. You have to be kidding me. And, of course, the humanitarian crisis that's connected to this right. border as well. But let's start, John, if we could, with Greg Abbott and the busing of illegal immigrants. You have to sympathize with Governor Abbott here, I mean, Texas has the largest Mexican border of any right. state in the U.S. Correct. Uh, you have over 2 million illegal immigrants that have flooded over since Biden's been in office, flooded over the border. And then, of course, the Biden administration does catch and release. And so we know full well what the Democrats are doing here. They want illegal immigrants flooding this country. They want that to happen so that they can create more government dependency for people, bigger government. But also, I would argue, they're trying to rig 
uh, future elections by increasing the electoral college votes for Democrat-run states because we know these Democrat-run states like California, they count illegal aliens in their in their uh, uh, population totals. Well, the population totals are then what determines how many U.S. congressional districts you're allotted, which then also determines how much of a voice that state has in right. Congress, but also how many electoral college votes they have as well. So uh, the, the Democrats are looking at the long game here. They see illegal immigrants as a means to uh, a, bet a stronger ratio of Democrat versus Republican in the House and more electoral college votes for Democrat-run states like California. But uh, John, your thoughts on Greg Abbott busing these illegal immigrants to the sanctuary city states? Personally, I, I, I wish I could see him right now to high-five him. Me too. I'd be doing the same thing. If I was in his shoes, I would do it exactly the same way. It's, it's sort of like, you know, it's that old not-in-my-backyard. Well, all of these mm-hmm. other states that think it's fine to have a porous border or a complete open border, they're fine with it. Why? Because it's not their state. They're not having to absorb all of the, the costs and the manpower and everything else that goes along with this. And whether you think, you know, th- these folks crossing the border are good people or not, regardless, Bob, we can, that's another conversation we can get right. into because I, I will tell you that I think over half of them are not good people. But regardless of all of that, let's say they're all great, fantastic people. You're still taxing the systems in your state by allowing that many people to come in that quickly. No state can handle that. So if I was him, I'd be doing the exact same thing. But here's what, I couldn't agree with you more, but these Democrat-run, these sanctuary city-run, Democrat-run cities and the mayors, why in the world aren't they being called out for as xenophobic hypocrites? Because I thought it was supposed to be xenophobic and racist to not welcome the immigrant, if you will. And so the, the mere fact that somebody like Lori Lightfoot, remember, Lori Lightfoot, she just last week was demonizing Greg Abbott for busing illegal immigrants to Chicago. She said that these are human beings, not cargo, okay, just shipping them like cargo. This is so wrong. This is so whatever. And then they get into Chicago, and she's like, rot row. And so then she buses them to, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, to the suburbs. And so I guess I'm, I'm kind of wondering, when will some reporter, John, put these Democrat mayors on notice and start asking them some tough questions like, are you xenophobic or not? If you're not, then why do you say Republicans are xenophobic for not wanting illegal aliens in their backyard? And are you being disrespectful to them by busing them? If that's a wrong thing to do, then why is it not wrong for you to do it? I would just love to see some of these Democrat mayors put on their heels by reporters, but we both know they won't be. No, there's only one reporter out there that would even do that. His name is Peter Ducey, but there's oh, not I enough know. of him running around. <laughs> that is I'm true. I'm being honest. I mean, that's the truth. He, he's the only one that asks those tough questions. No one else will. I know. I know. Well, that, that's very By true. By the way, got to hand it to that guy. You talk about another guy at high five. That's another guy at high five all day long. Oh, absolutely. If you watch some of the questions he asked Karine Jean-Pierre, and, and, and I mean, he does challenge her in a way. But we got to remember, when Trump was president, okay, the entire press room, People like Peter Ducey would still ask tough questions right. of Republican administrations. The difference is uh, that Donald Trump experienced basically what Joe Biden, well, Joe Biden does in new press conferences. Uh, Jean-Pierre, she experiences 
basically from one person, Peter Ducey, what Trump's, uh, what, what, like Kaylee McEnany, what she had to experience from everybody the in the room. Like, right. An entire room of Peter Ducey's is what she had That's to experience. Correct. So what That's a big correct. difference. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's do this because there's a lot about this that we still need to unpack regarding illegal immigration. More of the National Crawford Roundtable coming up. And by the way, we uh, don't forget we are hopefully expected to be joined pretty soon by uh, Neil Boron as well. There's some engineering issues that are in the process of being worked out. In the meantime, we do want to remind everybody listening to us right now, we partner with Preborn. And we know that a lot of you in the audience right now, you have donated money to Preborn to save babies' lives. And we very much appreciate that. You know what a blessing this is. Look what's happening with abortion right now. Okay. Roe v. Wade has been overturned, but abortion is as legal as ever. And you've got Democrats that are doubling down to do everything they can to get as many abortions done in this country as possible. So we need to be busier than ever, folks, saving babies' lives and stopping abortions. And that's what Preborn does. But it takes your money to do this. Here's how it works. Preborn partners with pro-life pregnancy centers all across the country, and they show ultrasound images of unborn babies to those expectant moms. And when moms see ultrasound images of their babies, do you know they choose life 80% of the time? 80%. But it takes money to produce these ultrasound images. Here's the cost. An average of $28 saves one baby's life. 28 bucks stops one abortion. We're asking everybody listening to this podcast, would you save 10 babies' lives and donate one time $280? It's this simple. Just go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn tab. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. You can donate right there. It's tax write-off for you, and 100% of the proceeds go directly to funding ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So would you do that right now? CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And click on the preborn tab. If you want to donate over the phone, they answer the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you can call right now. The number is 833-850-BABY. But do that now if you would. Let's save some babies' lives. Continuing this National Crawford Roundtable podcast, myself, Bob Duco, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Hoping to be joined soon by Neil Boron. Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York. Roger Marsh going to be back with us next week. We're talking all things immigration right now. And so the busing of illegal immigrants to these sanctuary cities. You know, John, when I think about how the, um, how the Democrats are just willing to blatantly lie about things that we can clearly see are false. Here's a perfect example of this. Alejandro Mayorkas, so this is, of course, Joe Biden's Department of Homeland Security Secretary, just a few weeks ago, he was talking to reporters and he said to them these words, let me be clear, the border is secure. Hmm. Is secure. But when you have millions of illegal immigrants flooding over the border, he says the border is secure. Well, then Kamala Harris goes on NBC's Meet the Press on just this past Sunday. And Chuck Todd asks her about the border and she says the border is secure. And he goes... Okay, you got over a million people coming over just this year. Are you confident the border is secure? She says, yes, the border is secure. Then she goes into trashing Donald Trump, uh, saying he gave her an immigration policy that was broken, blah, blah, blah. Uh, 
John, I, I just honestly, there comes a point where my jaw hits the floor, and I'm like, it, it's they used to be nuanced in how they would present false information, but now it's just, yeah, I have a third eye in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you don't. Yeah, I do. You know, it's, it's right. a, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what it reminds me of. I don't know if you remember the old uh, Saturday Night Live skits when they used to be funny, when Norm MacDonald used to play in this Celebrity Jeopardy uh, skit that they did where somebody played Alex Trebek, and the idea is you have different celebrities that would be a thorn in the side of Alex Trebek because they just horsed around the whole time. Well, Norm MacDonald used to play Burt Reynolds, and he did a really good job of this. And I remember he would write his name, instead of Burt Reynolds, he would write Turd Ferguson just to to mess with uh, Alex Trebek. And Alex Trebek would be like, uh, your name is Burt Reynolds. He'd be like, no, it's not. Uh, yes, it is. No, it's not. It's Turd Ferguson. Uh, no, that's not your name. Oh, well, yeah, it is. That's your opinion. You know, and that was a Saturday Night Live skit. Now, John, in real life, we have the vice president of the United States going, a million people coming over. No, the border's secure. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's not. We got millions coming over. Uh, no, we don't. Border secure. How do you even respond to to this kind of just blatant denial of reality? They are... As I said, as I've said many, many times, these are delusional individuals that want people to believe something that isn't real, and it's it, it's going to get worse, guys. For all of you listening, if you if you think that we're somehow, uh, you know, going to going to right this ship immediately, even even in the midterm elections, which I think we can make a big dent in this, but the reality, Bob, is th- these folks have got to be called out on this on a daily basis. Problem is. They're not. And this goes back to you know, all of what, what happens on social media, the censorship, the things that are happening, e- even among reporters themselves. I mean, the reality is, do you think that other than Peter Ducey, which he gets, just, he gets called on just because he's front and center and they don't have any choice, but how many others in the room, if they wanted to ask the question, would ever get called on? Yeah, I know. You know what? That is very true. Very fair point. Uh, all right. So I, I honestly, John, I, I, there's got to come a point where we have to somehow, some way, figure out how to get past the blatant dishonesty. It's not just about fact-checking anymore. It really is. You can't call the border secure. You, no. you can't say, uh, look, Joe Biden, last month, when last month's CPI numbers came out, Joe Biden said we're running 0% inflation. Right. 0%. It's like, right. no, we're running 8 to 9% inflation. That's just CPI numbers alone, not counting everything else. So uh, what do you do? How do you even debate people when eight and a half percent inflation is well? That's zero percent inflation. Uh, no, it's not. The border's secure. No, you got millions of people coming over. Oh no, it's keep not. in mind, Bob. This is the same White House that celebrates the uh, the Inflation Reduction Act on the <laughs> right. worst day in Wall Street in I don't know how many years. Right. So they're high fiving each other, celebrating as yeah. Wall Street collapses the way that it did yesterday, uh, and the same day that the the numbers came out for inflation. And I, I just, it really is surreal. It really is surreal because really I I just I remember the old days, good old days when we used to actually debate the various nuances of of issues and fact checking. But now it's just just blurt out something that's flat out false. Right. Uh, I want to talk with you, John, about the the humanitarian crisis here at play because this to me is really, really troubling. I remember when Trump was president – you probably remember this, John – that 
there was a case where there was a famous photo taken of an illegal immigrant dad and his 23-month-old daughter, both tragically laying dead in the Rio Grande River. And their bodies, the photos of their two bodies, were plastered all over the front pages of newspapers all across the country. Look at how horrible this is. Donald Trump, his policies. Oh, my goodness, the humanitarian, oh, the humanity. And you had uh, Twitter accounts from Hollywood celebrities that were tweeting, you know, their teardrop emojis. You had the gals on The View whose lips were quivering and their eyes were watering because they just, they, they, they were so emotionally overcome by this, by this drama and this pain of these people suffering. Meanwhile, we look at Joe Biden in office now and Kamala Harris as the borders are. And what do we have? Just a few weeks ago, uh, 53 illegal immigrants die baked to death in a swelteringly hot uh, truck. You have just a couple of weeks ago, there were not two, but 13 dead bodies, men, women, and children pulled from the Rio Grande. And as a matter of fact, right now, it's in the high 600s, pushing 700 illegal immigrant deaths. And these are the ones, these are bodies floating in the Rio Grande, people that have died, close to 700 deaths now, which is more than triple what happened in the worst of years with Donald Trump. And you know something, John? Nothing but crickets from these same Hollywood liberals, these same Democrats in Congress. Nobody's outraged. Nobody's reaching for a Kleenex. Nope. Uh, I just, I don't know how to take them seriously anymore when they create their crocodile tears over anything. Which is all theater because they have no tears. They're not crying for anyone. Uh, we've said it many times on this program. If they really did care about people, their monetary policies, their economic policies, the things that they're doing in regards to abortion. I mean, on down the line we go, Bob. I said this the other day on air. If you are voting for anyone on the left, and I'm going to make a blanket statement. If you're voting Mm -hmm. for anyone on the left, you are not part of the problem. You are the problem. That's right. And by the way, and I know this is a really bold thing to say. I say it all the time, and I'm not going to be shy about it here. The majority of people that listen to this podcast are believers in Christ, okay, are Christians. And I don't mind telling you, if you are a Christian, if you profess a faith in Jesus Christ, in my honest opinion, you have no business voting Democrat. Not today's Democratic Party. This is not JFK's Democratic Party. This is not the Democratic Party of, of Grandpa. Today's Democratic Party, I don't believe Christians have any business using their vote to empower Democrats to basically force little five-year-old kids to be gender-confused by RuPaul, some drag queen teaching them inside the class to uh, turn our little kids into a bunch of racists who look at everything in life through a racist lens, not to mention the fact perpetuating poverty, the censorship, the whole stuff we're going to be talking about next week regarding California and doctors potentially and these are being individuals, censored as Bob, well. That literally want to destroy the country. They, they, it's, it's you know, we haven't talked much on this program about the Great Reset, but really, what mm-hmm. it is is you know, they want to reset the country to be right. the country they want it to be, which, by the way, looks far different than what it does now because they hate. America. They hate the Constitution. They hate the way the Founding Fathers structured this country from the get-go. It is their goal, their number one goal, to destroy this country. So if you vote for them, you are voting for the destruction of this country, period. Yeah, and you know something? When you say they hate this country, I know some people go, oh, that sounds horrible or whatever. 
think about the squad in Congress who really runs the Democratic Party right now. You got AOC, of course, Alexandria Casio Cortez. You, you've got uh, 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 Jaya Powell, right? Uh, Pramila Jaya and uh, you, you also have the uh, what Ilhan Omar. You got mm-hmm. Cory Bush, uh, and uh, you have Rashida Tlaib. But uh, Pramila Jaya you know that what, what she tweeted on 9/11, her 9/11 remembrance tweet. Okay. Uh, she said, on this day, we remember the 2,996 lives that were lost. The 2,996 lives that were lost uh, on 9-11. And I think, wait a minute here. The lives lost on 9-11 were 2977. She inflated that number by 19. She included the 19 hijackers, John, the terrorists, uh, in the remembrance tweet of the people who lost their lives on that day. How is that not anti-American? But she's a member of the squad that runs today's Democratic Party. Yep. And again, even I'll even tell Democrats this. If you're somebody that's in that party, even though you may not agree with what we're talking about here and you may not even agree with the squad, they're still part of you. Because, by the way, as conservatives, as Republicans, when we have folks that are way out on a limb, guess what we do, Bob, as a party? We call them in. We put them into check. Mm -hmm. They don't do that on their side. That, oh, I know. I, they don't at all. And so, I, all right, there's a lot more about this to talk about. We're going to get back to the immigration part of this as well as we continue this National Crawford Roundtable. Uh, but I do want to remind everybody that there is something that you can do in a tangible way, okay, about helping the unborn. All right, that's right. You can save babies' lives by donating to preborn. Don't forget, just go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. That's CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the preborn tab, and you can donate $28 times however many babies' lives you can save. We're asking everybody to do 10. If you could do more, great. But $280 one time saves the lives of 10 babies. Would you be willing to do that right now by donating to preborn? Again, just go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the preborn tab, and you can do that online. And also, remember... If you want to donate by phone, they answer the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Call right now, 833-850-BABY, and go ahead and donate. As we talk about immigration on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. And so, uh, John John Rush, of course, rushed reason out of Denver, Colorado. We got about 30 seconds to the bottom of the hour. Uh how in the world do we do we convince Christians to stop supporting this Democratic Party when we see how ungodly they really are getting? I think we just have to call out the main things that we know are going against everything that Christians believe in. You know, the the, the plight of the unborn, uh, this, this immigration crisis that we have at the border, the monetary end of things, which, by the way, folks listening, that is about as anti-scriptural, you know, biblical as you could ever get. The way we handle money in this country as a yeah. country is about as anti-biblical as it would get. Bob, there's, I could go down the list, but I think, you know, pick the top three or four things that you can focus on as to what that party believes in, and that should be our talking point, period. You, you don't have to get into all the other minutiae. Yeah, it's a very good point. We got a lot more to unpack here in the second half of this National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Uh, we appreciate you folks listening to us. You can listen right there on your radio station, okay? The second half, if it doesn't play, 
right now immediately on your radio station. Go to the program guide, find out when the second half plays. You can listen to that. Or, of course, you can listen online anytime at CrawfordMediaGroup.net or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you listen to your podcast. You can watch video of this podcast as well at MyHopeNow.com. And the second half coming up next. This has been a Crawford Broadcasting production. Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Uh, we're running on half cylinders today. Uh, myself, Bob Duco, Bob Duco Shaw out of Detroit, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado, and Roger Marsh and Neil Boron, you know, the dead weight that we pretty much just have to carry. We just don't have to carry them this week, okay? Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> I hope they're watching. I hope they're watching. <laughs> that's so bad. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, that's right. Love Roger you guys. Mar- uh, that we do, we do. So, uh, Roger and Neil, we look forward to having you back with us next week. In the meantime, uh, John and I trying to do the heavy lifting ourselves. We're talking about all things immigration, and specifically the uh, Democratic Party as well, connected to this and the voting that Christians are doing for Democrats. Is just plain and simple has to stop. Uh, but but let's. I want to go a little bit deeper, uh, John, into the uh, immigration policies. One of the things that we know about today's Democratic Party is the very people that they claim to help actually get hurt the worst. Like, for Mm -hmm. example, the Democrats claim they're the party that helps the poor. The Republicans only care about the rich. The Democrats are the ones who care about the poor. However, if you look at the actual policies of the Republicans versus the Democrats, here's what we see. When Trump was in office, uh, you, you had not only a strong, much stronger economy, but inflation was running 1.5%. Gas was $2 a gallon. Now inflation is running 8.3%. Who does that hurt more than anybody else? It hurts the poor. That's correct. Because the rich can handle it if uh, the price of eggs or, or gas or milk or bread go up. It's the poor that can't handle that. So once again, it's the Democrat policies that are hurting the poor while the Democrats are saying those Republicans don't care about the poor. Well, I would argue, John, that the humanitarian issue as far as illegal immigration is the very same principle. The Democrats say we're the ones who welcome the foreigner and we care about them, and it's Donald Trump and those MAGA Republicans that don't care about them. However, when Donald Trump cracked down on the border and we had a dramatic reduction in the amount of people trying to make the trip coming over here illegally, you know the people that were starving, the coyotes were starving, the human traffickers were starving, the drug cartels and drug dealers were starving because their market was drying up. And consequently, you had way less migrant deaths mm-hmm. under Donald Trump. Now, Joe Biden rolls out the red carpet, borders are open, come on over. He's creating that incentive for people to make this dangerous journey. And That's so. Right. To me, the bottom he's line, He's lining John, their is, pockets, Bob. Not only is he, he incentivizing is. that, but he's lining the pockets of those that are doing the smuggling. Absolutely. They're the ones that are high-fiving each They're other. Benefiting. because 
Yeah, the drug smugglers. And laughing all the way to the bank at the same time. That's right. And the human traffickers. Do you know how many children are being sold into the sex trade industry right now because of Joe Biden's open policies? That's a podcast all in of itself, Bob. It it really is. It, It is. But I just... This is something that somehow, someway, people listening to us right now, look, you all have liberal Democrat voting friends, family members, co-workers and such, right? Uh, Ask them, point blank, do you really believe that there are not more women being raped because of Joe Biden's open border policies, more children being sold into the sex trade industry because of his open border policies, more migrant deaths? All you have to do is look at the money. The drug cartels, the drug traffickers, the human traffickers, the coyotes, they are getting rich, are they not, John? They are getting rich. In fact, as we've heard many, many times, the, the stories of how that works, the amount of money and the indebtedness that those individuals, you know, go through once they're here. And that's where, you know, a lot of the, the you know, whether it be drug smuggling, the sex trade, you know, all sorts of other things. The, the, these are, you know, you know, supposedly the other party wants to end slavery. They're just making it mm. worse doing yeah. what they're doing here. Absolutely. And now some listening might be wondering, okay, well, how is this? Why is this? Is this just our opinion? No, Think it through, folks. Here's how it works. And, John, I know you're very knowledgeable on this as well. Uh, You have people in Central American countries, Mexico and also Central American countries, and would they like to live in the United States? Sure. They see it as a land of opportunity. But they don't you know, want to. But really, you know, Bob, really quick, let's stop there for a second. I think right. that, I'm glad you were going to talk about that because, you know, I, I go to Mexico quite often and, you know, we've befriended some of the folks that I know at some of the resorts mm-hmm. and so on. And I've had conversations along these lines. And here, here's the reality yes, a lot of folks want to come to the United States of America, where, you know, the land of the free, home of the brave, land of opportunity, and so on. But I will tell you that the majority. This is my belief, and I think it's my belief because of some of the fact-finding I've done. The majority of hardworking, and I don't know about South America, but in Mexico itself, the majority of hardworking Mexicans do not want to come here. They are happy with their life. They're happy with what they've built there. They enjoy where they live, and they have no desire to come here. Now, I'm not saying that everybody that comes here is is a slouch or, or is a deadbeat and, you know, and right. just wants to live off the system. I'm by no means saying there's a lot of good, solid, hardworking immigrants that come here, so I'm not making a blanket statement. What I will tell you is there's this misconception that everybody south of the border wants to live here. That is not the case at all. And that is a really good point that you bring up because this is something that Donald Trump got hammered for as well when he said people coming over illegally, they're not sending us their best. Uh, because you're right, there's a lot of people in in Mexico and in Central America, they're hardworking, they pay their taxes, they pay their bills, uh, they're content where they are, and that's fine. But you do have a lot of people that's like either A, I'm not going to do what's necessary to support my family or B, I just want to go to America, but I don't want to go through the proper process, the legal process. And so what happens is these coyotes, they they talk to, they have connections to people in these Central American countries and they say to them, you know, something we can get you into America. We can get you into America, uh, but you have to pay me everything you have. So right. sell your home. And then the- some. Every, exactly. Every dime plus more. And so here's mom with her two little daughters, and they get loaded up into a truck with a bunch of other people. And okay, let's make the trip. Now, what happens, and I know this is really ugly to think about, okay, these these moms, and sometimes the teenage girls too, they get raped repeatedly 
along the trip. Mm -hmm. This is a very common thing to happen. But these coyotes also, uh, they partner with the sex traffickers, the human traffickers. They're friends with each other. So the sex traffickers meet up with the coyotes, and the coyotes are like, yeah, I got myself a big truck, uh, got 50 uh, illegal immigrants in there. And so the sex traffickers, they end up surveying like a bunch of cattle. Okay, let's see who we got. That 10, yeah, I'll take that 10-year-old girl. I'll Mm -hmm. take that 8-year-old girl. I'll take that Mm -hmm. 12-year-old boy. Uh, Yeah, these teenagers, I'll take them. They exchange money with the coyote. The coyote takes those girls, hands them over to the sex trafficker. There's mom crying and screaming. She gets raped again, and then they continue making the trek north. This is what happens, John, in real life to get up to the border. And then when they do get here, what happens? They get across the border, uh, and once they get across, Joe Biden says, hey, you know what? That's okay. You can stay, catch and release. And so what it does, the coyotes go back and they're like, hey, we can convince you to go to America because they're going to let you stay in. And little do those mothers know what they're yes. going to experience along yes. the way. It's sick. And, and, and this is what folks don't realize as well. You know, we, we talk about the drug trade, which, by the way, is still a big deal. And, yes, there's mm-hmm. a lot of drugs that come across the border, fentanyl now being a big deal that's coming across as well. But what folks don't realize in the sex trade, what you just mentioned, Bob, is that that's more profitable for the cartels. And that's why the cartels are involved in the sex mm-hmm. traffic end of things. It's right. more profitable because the inventory doesn't go away. In other words, right. once they once they provide that, they're you know, they're they're also getting commissions and things off of that on down the road as well. If you think for one second it's just the coyote making money, the cartels are running these operations. Mm-hmm. They're making money hand over fist because it's easier for them to do that because they don't have to they don't have to grow anything. They, they, don't, they don't have to produce anything to then bring to market. They don't have to smuggle anything in when it comes to drugs and risk all of that they're just bringing people in which by the way is much easier than bringing drugs in and those people are indebted to them most likely for the rest of their lives that's right and there's a reason why when trump was president there's a reason why the market the supply how how disgusting is this we're talking using words even like supply and demand for human beings including little children but you know what it is real. It is happening. The supply was drying up under Donald Trump because those coyotes, they realized we can't sell you a trip over the border because we're not going to be able to get you over the border. And if we do get you over the border, number one, it's going to be way more difficult because Trump negotiated with Mexico to get uh, Mexican government to put a whole bunch of military personnel on the Mexican side of the U.S. border to stop it on this end. Also, Trump got uh, Mexico to crack down on their own southern border uh, with Central America. And so the trip became more difficult. And then, of course, remain in Mexico. That even if we get you across, then they're just going to take you, send you back to Mexico. You're going to have to stay in Mexico while your asylum claims are adjudicated. And chances are you're not going to be approved for asylum anyway. And so the market itself dried up, but doesn't that mean less bodies and less children sold into the sex trade yes, industry? That's exactly what it means. And and uh, I think it'd be very calloused of us to ignore that fact and not think about the things that we're talking about right now. You, you know, set aside the, the drug cartels and the fact of, of the drugs themselves coming over and what that does to our country and our society, but talk about the human beings and the lives there. I mean, you talk about the humanitarian effect of this, Bob. As Christians, this should just turn our stomachs, and it does mine. It, it does mine, too. And so when you have policies that are basically enticing people 
to make this to, to make this dangerous journey to risk themselves and their lives and their kids in this way. Uh, it is sick and inexcusable yep. to vote for people, to give your vote to people, to put them in power that's going to enact these kind of policies. Right. So you either care about human trafficking or you don't. You either care about dead bodies in the Rio Grande or you don't. You either, either care about more women getting raped or you don't. If you really, truly care about and as a Christian, you better care about this stuff. You have to be willing to look at the results, not your feelings, not the MSNBC talking points, right. okay, but right. the actual data itself, the actual facts, and that's what. And, we're and really, by the way, if, yes. and I've talked to folks you have you have as well, Bob. I mean, you've interviewed folks that have gone down to the border, and some of, some of the folks out there would say, "Well, how do you guys know all of this? This is just hearsay. These are just talking points on your side. You don't know if all this is real." Yeah, actually, I do. I've got very trusted individuals that I have spoken to, interviewed friends of mine that have gone down to the border. The reality. Bob is everything you and I are saying is 100% true and we're probably not being as graphic with it as we could because it's a whole lot worse than even what you and I are describing. We are actually sanitizing it a little bit because to think about what happens to these little children, I mean you have 9 and 10 year old girls that are being viciously sodomized. It's it's sickening Bob, it's just sickening. Do you know there was a uh, this is heartbreaking but I have to say this, Uh, there was a story a few months ago, a little 10 year old girl was telling the story of how she lost her voice. The reason she lost her voice because it was hoarse was from the screaming from multiple rapes wow. of those coyotes bringing her across. Wow. She lost her voice. And so they couldn't hear her scream anymore. Wow. Uh, this is real. Are we believers yeah, in Christ or not? Yes. Okay. And what's feeding this entire industry is the open border policies that are enriching the cartels, the traffickers, and the coyotes. All right, And it's the Democrats that right now are saying open borders. It's the Republicans that are saying, let's close up the borders and tighten up this market. Uh, that's what Donald Trump did, and that's what Joe Biden did. Yeah, and this is the same party, by the way, that's using, a net, using the FBI as a tool to go after folks like Mike Lindell and others, where they're now subpoenaing and, and actually collecting mm-hmm. cell phone records of private citizens, lawyers in some cases, where they, they feel like they may, may, keyword, may have had something to do with January 6th. So now they feel like they've got the full power to go look at all of these cell phone records of all these particular individuals. This is the exact same party, folks. That's right. You're right. Absolutely right. And by the way, conservative and Christian parents who show up at school board meetings to complain about what's being taught to their five-year-old, they are under investigation by the Biden Department's Department of Justice, FBI, and labeled as potential, quote, domestic terrorists. Okay, that is who's being targeted right now. So I would be shocked, Bob, if you and I are not on that list. Uh, you know what I would be? Well, you deserve to be, John. I mean, let's face it. Okay. I'd put you on that list. But, all right. Hang on. Uh, we got a lot more to talk about. I want to talk also, John, next about uh, some of the other things like crime and gangs and drug and the effect that this is having, not just on the migrants trying to make the trip, but on law-abiding American citizens living in this country and how are we being affected by these open border policies. In the meantime, folks, I'm asking all of you, if you've not yet donated to Preborn to save some unborn babies' lives, would you do that, do that now? Preborn partners with pro-life pregnancy centers all across the country. They have for a long time. And they show ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms. And those moms choose life 80% of the time when they see that ultrasound image. 
So we got to get these images in front of the moms, folks. Uh, but it takes money. $28 stops, on average, one abortion. That's right. Ten times that is $280. If you right now, folks, will donate $280 one time, you'll be responsible for stopping 10 abortions, saving 10 babies' lives. Is that worth it to you? I sure hope so. Here's how easy this is. Just go online right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn tab. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, you'll see Preborn. Just click on it right there and you can donate online. This is secure, it's safe, it's 100% of a tax write-off for you, and 100% of what you donate goes to funding ultrasounds. Nothing for overhead. Okay, If you want to donate over the phone, they're answering the phones right now, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Give them a call at 833-850-BABY. Now, if you can donate more than 280 please do. Maybe you can donate $2,800 and save 100 babies' lives. And by the way, we do need some of you out there to be willing to donate $15,000 one time to buy an ultrasound machine uh, for preborn. Now, maybe you got a business and you'd like a nice tax write-off for this year. Or maybe you've been blessed financially and you'd like this to be the legacy of your family, that you're responsible for saving thousands of babies' lives by supplying an ultrasound machine for fifteen grand, all right. But like I say, CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the Preborn tab. And can I remind you, uh, Preborn just last year alone was responsible for saving the lives of nearly forty-four thousand babies. And along the way, there were just under eight thousand first deci- first-time decisions for Jesus Christ. That's just last year alone. So it's a good way to spend your money, folks. CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on Preborn. Do it now if you would. Uh, we're talking about. All Things Illegal Immigration on the National Crawford Roundtable. Myself and John Rush, uh, the two of us are handling it today. Uh, Roger Marsh and Neil Boron going to be back with us next week. Uh, let's talk about the effect, John, that Open Borders is having on Americans that are already living here. Uh, let's start with the drug issue. Uh, we know that at this point, for ages 18 to 45, 18 to 45, the number one killer in America is fentanyl, yep. right? Opioid, we had for the first time ever over 100,000 uh, fentanyl and opioid overdose deaths in this country in Joe Biden's first year. There was 107,000. Now, fentanyl, everybody needs to understand, this is usually, most of it's manufactured in China. Then right. what China does is they get rich by selling this to smugglers who get it into Mexico. Then in Mexico, the drug cartels ship it up into the United States. Now, Trump was cracking down on the border and so dramatically reduced the amount of fentanyl coming over into the United States. He was also cracking down on China as far as their selling of fentanyl. With the open borders, we have trucks and trucks of fentanyl driving over the border into the United States. And the bottom line, once again, John, we got over 100,000 overdose deaths mm-hmm. just Joe Biden's first year alone. Who knows what it's going to be a second full year? The other thing folks don't realize, too, is as it goes down that quote-unquote food chain, uh, lots of things can happen. And this is where a lot of these deaths are coming from because it doesn't stay as pure as it once was. These guys are right. cutting it. They're making more money with it that way. And it becomes corrupt, if you would. Not saying that fentanyl pure isn't isn't deadly anyways, but it gets more deadly as they, I guess I'm saying this in more layman's terms, but it becomes more corrupt and becomes more deadly the further down the food chain it goes, Bob. 
that's right. Now, my question, and I said this before, it's controversial, but I'm just going to say it again, okay? If you're a Christian and you're voting Democrat, I just want to ask you, honestly, what do you think of drug dealers? Drug dealers in your own neighborhood, in your own community, can we all agree they are the scum of the earth? I mean, it seems to me that we should all be in agreement on that, okay? You have to know the open border policies of Joe Biden and the Democratic Party are making these drug dealers rich, all right? It's helping them. It's giving them more of a market. Uh, It's lining their pockets with a lot more money. You are strengthening and empowering the drug dealers in your own communities that are preying on kids. Uh, Look at what's happening with these uh, rainbow uh, pills that they talk about and such that that look like little starbursts. You have kids that are overdosing from these. This right now is a crisis in this country. The drug dealers are high-fiving each other and getting rich, and they're only able to do this because of Joe Biden and the Democrats' open border policies. Are you as a Christian comfortable supporting that with your own vote? John, I know that's. I'm really making some people squirm when I say stuff like that, but it seems like it's it's gut check time for us as believers in Christ. Sure is, and and everything we've said today. And again, I I I don't know, Bob. I guess I just feel lately that that, uh, and I hate to harp because I don't want to be that guy, but I just feel like we lost. The last election, yes, there were some nefarious things that happened, and I believe there was lots of things contributing to the reason that we lost in in 2020. And I also believe that if all of the folks that you and I are talking about right now had put aside their feelings and not been so upset about Donald Trump himself, we'd have a different country today. So I am speaking to those particular individuals that were hurt, quote unquote, their feelings got hurt the last time around because of the way Donald Trump behaved. And the reality is... You, you guys cannot do that any longer. You have got to look at this the way that Bob and I are, and I would take Donald Trump. I'm not a fanboy of his, by the way. You guys all know that, but I'll take mm-hmm. him all day long over what we have right now. And those of you that, that voted the other way around, you're to blame. You know what? Uh, you have to ask yourself, what matters more to me? What upset, What what violates your sensibilities more? Uh, little children ODing Little children and mothers laying dead in the Rio Grande, mothers being raped, and the sex trafficking industry and human trafficking of children exploding. Does that violate your sensibilities more than mean tweets from Donald Trump? You have to ask yourself, what personally offends you more? And I'm just saying as Christians, I think that uh, the humanitarian crisis happening right now has to be more offensive. Mm-hmm. But you know what, John? You got to remember the politics of this and the elections go. Was there election fraud? Yes. My personal opinion was there enough election fraud to have stolen the election from Donald Trump? Look, call me a conspiracy theorist. Personally, I think there was. If you do the math, if you look at the movie 2000 Mules and such, and you look at the amount of fraud that happened, you only needed a few thousand votes to go one way versus the other in in three or four states. So I do believe that there was enough fraud to overturn the election. But let's pretend I'm wrong. Let's pretend I'm wrong. And there was fraud, but not enough. And Donald Trump would have lost anyway. Okay, fine. We both know that on average, 25 to 35% of self-described born-again Christians vote Democrat. 25 to 35% of them do. Those are statistical realities. If the Democrats lost, John, just half of the evangelical Christian vote, just half, if that number went from 25% to 12.5%, 
That's it. Democrats are out of power. They would not be able to win again. And in 2020, Donald Trump would have won easily. He could have overcome any amount of fraud and he would still be in there. So yep. somehow, some way, John, we yep. got to convince that fourth to a third of self-described brothers and sisters in Christ to knock off this nonsense of voting for today's Democratic Party. Agree. And, and, and by the way, Bob, I don't, I don't think that, because I, I know some of these individuals, I, I would not call them fringe Christians. And there's a lot of folks that I would, I would say that for the most part, other than this particular area, these are good, solid, you know, Christians, you know, Bible-believing, you know, I, again, mm-hmm. I know some of these individuals on a personal basis, too, but they yeah. were so hurt, quote-unquote, and, and so disliked Donald Trump and the way he was mean and he just wasn't presidential enough and blah, 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 we go, that they just couldn't vote for him. They've got to get over this and look at this in the right manner, and we're not electing a pastor. We're not electing, in fact, we're not even electing their leader. These guys work for us. Donald Trump worked for me, the citizen. This is a republic, not a democracy, and we've got to keep saying that as well. I'm so tired of hearing, we've got to save the democracy. No, we don't, because it doesn't exist, and I don't want one. (laughs) That's right. And by the way, these very same Christian Democrats who say, oh, Donald Trump is just too unpresidential, just too mean, just too divisive. These are the very same people that had no problem with Joe Biden's Dungeons from Hell speech with the blood-red satanic walls while he, where he called half of Americans fascists and threats to the very fabric of American society and everything else. And so, I mean, come on. Donald Trump, for all of his meanness, he didn't broad brush half of America as deplorables or fascists or whatever as Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden did. So, you know, come on, let's be fair about that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, a couple final things here because I also want to talk with you about... Uh, you're really quick, Bob. I, I know I know we ran out of time, but we've got to quit looking at what folks would see on the outside and look at the works of what that particular individual does. Joe might look like a really great guy on the outside. He doesn't to me, but I know to a lot of people he's more, quote-unquote, presentable than a Donald Trump. But look at what he does versus what Trump did, folks. That's all you have to do. That's right. That's a very good point. Uh, One more thing. We're going to talk about crime in the latter part of this and the effect uh, that open borders has on the safety of just regular American citizens trying to live their lives. Uh, But before we do, one last appeal to you to donate right now to Preborn, if you would. Remember, Preborn, Pro-Life Ministry, they partner with pro-life pregnancy centers all across the country. And this is about saving babies' lives, folks, stopping abortions. But it takes money. You know, we all say, hey, we're pro-life, but what can I really do? There is something you can do. It takes $28 on average to stop one abortion to save one baby's life. That's the cost of showing ultrasound images to these moms, and they choose life when they see an image of their baby. So we're asking everybody, donate $280 one time, save 10 babies' lives. And if you can do more than that, do $2,800 and save 100 babies' lives. But whatever you can do, if you can do $280 and 10 babies' lives, what a great legacy for your family for your business for that tax write-off to say we have skin in the game and we have actually really tangibly stopped abortions and you're talking about 10 people that are alive because of the 280 dollars one time not asking you for 280 a month i'm asking you for 280 once one time to save these babies lives and remember not only is this a tax write-off 100 of what you donate goes to ultrasound images of these babies for the moms, not a dime for overhead. 
And by the way, these moms are accepting Jesus Christ as Savior left and right all across the board. Last year alone, Preborn was responsible for bringing just under 8,000 newborn uh, uh, expectant moms to Jesus Christ. That's right, made first-time decisions to accept the Lord. So this is a great way to spend your money, folks. It really is. It's preborn. So mm-hmm. here's how you donate. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the preborn tab. You can do it right now. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on preborn uh, and donate right there online. Or if you want to do it over the phone, they answer the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Go ahead and call right now, 833-850-BABY. Uh, myself and John Rush will have Roger and Neil back with us next week, and John and I are talking all things immigration. So one final thing, John, in our last uh, couple of minutes here, the effect that open border policies have on law-abiding citizens in this country, and by the way, especially people of color, Americans of color in inner-city communities that are high-crime communities they are suffering more than anybody else because illegal immigrants come over here, the gang members, the MS-13 gang members. So the gang leaders, the gang cartels, they are also getting rich and increasing their numbers in this. And where are they preying? What communities are they preying on? High-crime communities, high-crime neighborhoods that are run by Democrat mayors that end up making it more difficult for law-abiding citizens to carry guns to protect themselves on top of it. On top of that, Bob, this is something, again, is a whole podcast in and of itself in regards to when illegal immigrants of any kind come here and they join the workforce, quote-unquote. It's typically for cash under the table. They're not W-2 mm-hmm. employees. There's, there's ways that employers use to get around all of that, and they are typically, tip, not, not typically, they're always paid less money per hour than what you would normally find in the general workforce. So not only is all the things that you're talking about happening, these individuals are stealing, in my opinion, stealing jobs and taking money out of others' pockets. Now, you'll hear the other side say, well, they do jobs no one else will do. How do we know that? Right, right. Uh, which, by the way, let's pretend that was the case. That's not an excuse. But that you're right, though. That's not the case. Uh, and if you think about it, the people that come over here illegally, they do tend to take most of the unskilled labor jobs in this country. Okay, mm-hmm. so if they take a bunch of unskilled labor jobs, now let's do some some demographic breakdowns uh, of between white people and black people. Who tends to disproportionately have a higher number of unskilled labor jobs in this country? The truth is it tends to be a higher percentage of African Americans in proportion to their population than it is white people. Same thing with Hispanics. A higher percentage of Hispanics in proportion to their population tend to take uh, unskilled or or low-skilled labor jobs. They tend to take them more. So, therefore, if you have more illegal immigrants over here and they are taking jobs, aren't they taking more jobs away from lower-income folks that tend to be uh, people of color, Hispanics and African Americans in lower income communities. And teenagers that need to get into the workforce and get started right. again. But this is a whole podcast, Bob, and how we've gone wrong and why we don't have the mm-hmm. solid workforce and the th- solid work ethic in this country we once had in a lot of cases because these teenagers, because of all the things that we are talking about, don't have the ability to go out and find that part time job and mow lawns and do some other things in the summer you and I used to do. That's right. And so, once again, the very people, the very people that the Democratic Party claims that they're champions for 
are the very people that end up getting hurt yep. by these That's liberal Democrat policies. Uh, the young people, oh, 18, 19-year-old college kids, oh, well, they're absolutely overwhelmingly supporting the Democrats, right? Okay, they're the ones that are being hurt once again. And can I just say on a, on a side note, John, I know we talked about student loans in a previous episode, okay? But another classic example of this, uh, you typically have lower income and, and uh, kids in black families, Hispanic families, and in inner cities and such that have a disproportionately lower percentage of them going to college. You have a higher percentage of those white suburban kids that are going to college, and especially in Democrat families. And so now what do you have? You have poor Hispanic and uh, black families that are now having to pay for the student loans of that wealthier suburban family to send their kids to college. Why isn't that something offensive to the very same young Democrats that have convinced themselves that the Democratic Party is their champion? Great point. I mean, you are spot on and it goes back to what we've really been talking about this whole time. Who are you voting for? Who are you in favor of? What are they doing? What are they doing to the country? And what are they doing to you personally? To me, Bob, this is an easy answer. That's right. And by the way, one final thing I got to say from a Christian perspective on this. I know that one of the talking points of the liberal left when it comes to open borders is, oh, but the Bible says to welcome the stranger, to welcome the sojourner. Okay, you know what? We do. We welcome legal immigration. We welcome immigrants to come to this country, legally follow the process, obey our laws, and we welcome you. We're not xenophobes. We're not racist. We're not any of that kind of stuff. However, Scripture does say you're to obey the governing authorities. You're to obey the laws of man. And the laws of man are, if you want to come into this country, you come in legally. So if you are supporting politicians and giving your vote to politicians who are encouraging people to violate United States immigration laws, then you are disobeying scripture. Scripture, Read chapter 13 of Romans and other places in scripture as well. So, John, this is an absolute lie when they try to play the, oh, we're just following scripture when we welcome the sojourner. Uh, no, you're not, because they're not doing it correctly. And like you said, Bob, and I'll say the same thing as an employer. I welcome legal individuals that want to come here and work. Absolutely. We already know we have a low birth rate. We cannot keep our economy going at 1.7 to 1.8, which is where we are now. So we do need legal immigration to keep things moving forward, economically speaking. So yes, I welcome people that want to come here and do it on a legal basis. But I am 100, 1,000% against illegal immigration. That's right. Well, folks, we appreciate you listening to this podcast every week. Remember, you can listen to uh, past episodes and such. You can go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, and there's a list of all of our various podcast episodes there, or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you listen to your podcast. We welcome your five-star reviews. Thank you so much for giving us those. If you want to watch video of this podcast, which... Let's be honest. As soon as you see what me and John look like, you're going to be like, oh, I don't know, was video really worth it? But hey, Fact. you can watch Fact. video. <laughs> myhopenow.com, myhopenow.com. And we look forward next week to having Roger Marsh and Neil Boron back with us, of course. And John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. John, great catching up with you. Thanks a lot. Looking forward to next week. Likewise, Bob. You bet. We'll see you. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. 
Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to save babies now. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app and look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.